0: Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody awake? All right. I know that was a slow song to end with, but it hit the heart, speaks to the heart. It's so good to see all of you today. Welcome this morning into New Life Church. So glad you guys are here. I really am. I would hate to stand here and this place be empty of people. That'd be a real disappointment to me. I'd have to question what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, I'm so glad you guys are here. so thankful for each in every single one of you so thankful for you so appreciate you i appreciate your hearts i appreciate your your genuineness i appreciate your relationship i appreciate your prayers appreciate your thoughts you guys are amazing you are amazing I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the New Testament to 2nd Timothy. 2nd Timothy chapter 3. And we'll also be in chapter 4. 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. This this letter is from Paul the apostle to Timothy, a pastor one of his spiritual sons in the faith that he had mentored. He said this in verse 1 of chapter 3. He said, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. I'm going to jump over to chapter 4, verse 1. He said, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when He appears to set up His kingdom, And this is his charge. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths in verse 5, but you should keep a clear mind. <clears throat> you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord, but work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Repeat a couple of things. He said a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, but you should keep a clear mind. We're starting a series today called Centered and Sound. And Paul here, this is, he writes this letter not from a five-star resort, but he writes it from the dark cell of prison in Rome and is likely his last letter that he wrote shortly before he would be executed and he writes these final thoughts to Timothy and he's i can only kind of imagine what he's thinking as he writes these and the and we have this in our hands today that he writes this as a last letter to reassure Timothy but also I think to just maybe give him on self some reassurance that man I want to make sure I can tell him everything I need to tell him. I want to make sure there's some final things that stick to his heart and his mind and that he can hold on to, that he can grasp and that he will he will he will just be able to to put some traction to. I want to make sure that I'm letting him know that Whatever happens, Timothy, in the last days, no matter how difficult it may be, he, we know it, it, speaking of time that it, it, days don't get easier. Life doesn't get easier, does it? It seems to have shorter respite times between different trials and different situations that go on. And... Paul is saying, look, I'm, I'm about to be done here. In fact, he wraps it up in chapter 4. They're telling him, look, I'm about to die. My life is over. Ministry for me has ended. And I was faithful. I ran the race. I kept the faith, all those things. And i got to let you know, Timothy, there's something you need to make sure you do. <clears throat> that your life and your message is centered and sound. <clears throat> make sure your life, you're living the real thing. Make sure no matter what, you are trying to live it out in the realest way you can. That your life is centered in Christ. You're sound in in what you teach your message is centered, your message is sound, so that the people you preach to, the people you live with, those folks you rub elbows with day in and day out, when you're in a difficult situation, when you're in a tough season of life or whatever it is that you're facing, that that when you're hit that that they can see somehow he's going to come back to the top. Somehow he's going to make sure his hope is not in the situation, but his hope is in Christ. That his hope is not in hoping that the situation turns around only... ...but his hope is also in the person of Jesus Christ... ...who has all the ability and the power and his time and his knowledge and wisdom... ...to change the situation and to turn things around. That when you live and when you preach and when you minister... and ...when you come and when you go, Timothy, make sure your life is centered and sound... ...because in the final days, in these last days that you're in... ...it's going to be difficult... It's not always going to be easy to deal with. There's things that's going to come up that surprise you, that, that are going to just shake you. That, and I know we were talking about being an, uh, be not being shaken by life, but friends, when you're, when you're in the middle of something that is shaking, you feel it, right? But here's the thing, may it not shake you off of the foundation. Foundations feel shaken, but may it not shake you off of the foundation that you're able to stay on the firm foundation. You know, what is at the center of our lives will be what determines the sound of our life. What do I mean by that, the sound of our life? The word sound, not just in the audio hearing of something, but the sound, this is the definition that's given to sound, to be strong, to be secure. What is at the center of our lives will be what determines the strength of our life, the security of our life. It says the reliable part of our life, the sensible, the substantial, the upright, honest, good part of who we are, free from moral defect, a theologically healthy outlook and belief. That's what I mean by sound. So what is at at the center of our life will determine the sound of, Of our life. Not always what people see per se, not always what we feel, but what is really deep within us. What is really deep within us. And that brings this what we believe deep in the center of our soul will be what drives us. What you and I believe in the deepest part of our soul is actually what is driving our life. So the question is, what do you believe? What is it that keeps you and I centered and sound in this crazy, upside-down world that we live in? Here at New Life Church, we have a vision and a mission to be a church that is built on making and keeping Jesus the center of our lives. We have six core values that we have that guide us. We preached on these in the early part of the year. We have 10 doctrinal belief statements that help frame us. And starting today over these next three weeks, we're going to walk through these 10 belief statements. And I think it's important from time to time to just kind of dust off and remind ourselves what it is we believe and why we believe it. Especially in this time of of life, in this time of our world that we live in. A time where you turn on TV or news or what have you and they're pushing aliens and UFOs. They're pushing AI. They're pushing conspiracies. And I know these things, you look back over the clock of life and about every decade there's something crazy that comes out. There's something weird that comes out, and and it's all about buying in. It's all about framing narratives. It's all about really. It's all about money. Ultimately, it's about making more money, because the more powerful, the more rich people get, they tend to have more power. So they speak, but that's not how it all ends. That's not how it all turns out. All sorts of things. There's obviously wars. Wars have been a constant thing in this world. Especially with one of the most recent ones. With Israel. Please don't stop praying for the peace of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. We're commanded to, we're told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're, we need to continue to pray for that. I don't, we all don't know exactly... ...all the political views and sides and ins and outs of all that is just... ...because there's, pe- there's a bunch of people who are in control who make bad decisions... ...because Christ is not the center. That's how it's always been. Unfortunately, that's how it is. We, are, we, are, we need to pray for these people. We need to believe God to really move in our last days that people will come to Christ, that those of us who are in Christ will not fall away from Christ when we face intense pressure and intense problems and situations, but we will hold fast. And that's why we're dusting off. Do, what do we believe? Why do we believe it? And We're going to remind ourselves of some things, why this is important. We're going to take the words of Jeremiah six sixteen to heart, where he tells us, Stop and look around. When you're in this life and you feel like, man, I don't know what to look at anymore. I don't know who to believe anymore. Can that even be true, what they're saying? When you're in doubt, when you're confused, when you're blindsided, stop and look around, he says, and ask for the old godly way. And then walk in that. Travel its path and you will have rest for your souls. Jeremiah 6 16. Stop and look around when the world's going by you and happening and life is hitting you and all these different things are out there and we don't know what to believe. We don't know, you know, we don't know all these crazy things, man, that's going on in life. And we got not only from a distance, but then we've got our own problems and our own wrestling matches that we struggle with here in our own life right here where we live. Stop and look around. Ask the Lord to show you the godly way in the mess. Ask God to show you the godly way and He will show you. And then it says, choose to walk in that direction. Choose to walk in that direction. Travel those paths and you will find rest for your souls. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment to to pray. Pray with me in this. Oh, Lord, we stop today and we look around. And there's so much in life we don't really understand. There's so much in life that just kind of makes us think, man, that is just crazy. There's so much in life that happens, that hits us, that can spin us around. And so today we stop and ask for the godly way. Lord, we ask you for the godly way in our own life. We ask you for, your, for the godly way in our families. We ask you for the godly way in our marriages. We ask you, show us, Lord, the godly way in this life. There is a godly way through this life. Show us, help us to walk in it. Travel those paths so that truly our souls will be at rest. Our souls will be at peace. Help us today, Lord. We want to know your way, the godly way. In Jesus' name. If we're in agreement, you could say amen. Amen. There are, as I mentioned, there are ten... Statements of our faith here at New Life. We're going to go through them. I'm grouping them together each week. I'm grouping four together today. They all start with "We believe." We believe the Bible. By the way, these are all on our website nlcj.org under our About Us page, and you've seen them, or you can look at those at any time. We believe the Holy Bible. We believe the Trinity. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit. We're going to put these together today in two two sections: the Bible. Holy Bible and the Trinity, putting them together in that manner. The Bible, we believe the Holy Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments, that is the authoritative Word of God. It alone is the final authority for determining all doctrinal truths. And in its original writing, the Bible is inspired, infallible, and inerrant. That's our doctrinal statement for the Holy Bible. I read that and say that today to remind us of this, that this is only good to us as much as we're willing to put inside of us. Food is only good for you to be nourished by and enjoy only if you pull up to the table and take time to eat it, right? Take time to eat it. I don't know if anybody's ever had an opportunity, a privilege to go on a cruise before, Um, but my wife and I, was able to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary just a couple of weeks ago on a, on a cruise. And I've never been on, we've never been on one. Uh, can't wait to go back on one again. <laughs> uh, but if you, you know, if you've been on one, there is so much food. There is so much food. And I'm not talking about chintzy food. I'm talking about good food. Good food. They're they're so good at making food taste good, they made escargot taste good. I don't know if you're like, ooh, that's nasty. But I'm going to tell you, don't knock it till you try it. I could eat a bowl full of that stuff. It was so good. It was so good. There was so much food. There was so much food. But here's the thing. We had a standing reservation every night at dinner at 7 p.m. in the main dining hall. And... um. We go to sit down. They greet us by name. They knew what we wanted to drink. They knew our name. They knew what we wanted to drink. They knew when we wanted coffee brought to the table. They never let the glass get empty. And they set the menu down in front of you, and you can order all of it, or one of it, or none of it. I ordered two things from every sit- from every section almost every night. That doesn't mean I ate it all. But I tried a whole lot of stuff. There was someone that was with us that loved Caesar salad. Loved Caesar salad. <laughs> the point is, as nice as it was, as inviting as it was, and they brought it all to you, until I picked up the fork and ate it, I would not know what it tasted like. Oh, and they had soft serve ice cream out on one of the main decks. The shakers of the head are like, yeah, we've been there. You just walk up and tell them how many you want. As many as your hands and arms can carry, you can get them. They're not going to frown at you. They're not going to be like, there's rules here. They don't care. They're just making it to give it to you. One day they did. Uh, soft serve and we saw somebody that had two chocolate chip cookies came back and had that soft serve in the middle and they had themselves a little sandwich. We're like, where have we been living at? So what do we do? Go up and get those homemade chocolate chip cookies and we go up and I have a plate and I said, he's going to put it on a cone. I was like, no cone. Right here in the middle of that. And he piles that ice cream on top and I put that other cookie on top, and I'll walk back with it like this, trying to eat it. But I wouldn't know what it tasted like had I not actually ate it. Right? Lots of it was nourishing. A lot more of it was fattening. But I don't care. It was so good. That was one of the... I I could tell you what I ate then. I don't even remember what I ate last week. God's word is like that. It's nourishing and it's also enjoying. It's also enjoyable. But it's not good for us. It does us no good if we don't partake. If we don't partake. And here's the thing about it. There is so much that could be said about this. There's so much that could be said about this. That no matter what part of life we're in, There's something to sustain you. There's something to guide you. There's something to reinforce the relationship with your Father, God, in this. There's something in here to remind you of who you are in Christ Jesus. And you might be in a perplexing time. There's guidance. You might be in a grieving time. You will find words of healing and comfort. You might be at and on top of the world like I was just two weeks ago. And it just reassures you, God lavishes good things upon those he loves. Wherever you might find yourself in life, if you don't daily feed from this, you will not be seasonally sustained in this world. You got to. No one else could, no one else could, could, I mean, sure, someone else could have taken my plate and ate it off the table, but that wouldn't have done me any good. That only helped them out, right? No one else can do the eating and the digesting of this word for you but you. I just want to encourage you in this one thing. I did a whole message on this a few weeks ago in a series called Rooted, Rooted in the Word, but I did not get to tell you this part. Wherever, we, we are so fortunate in this day and time. We are so fortunate that the Word of God is not only in the print holding our hand, but it's digitally on our phones or on our computers or on our tablets, whatever it is. Find a way that you can, that you can create a rhythm in your life that will get you into the Word and the Word get into you. Find a way. I, a lot of this, I, I, there are so many ways, there are so many opportunities, there are so many things. Other, I mean, you got the old-fashioned way of just opening it up and sitting down and reading it, absolutely. But then you can be on the go with your phone or your smart device or wherever you're at, and you can open the Word of God at any given time, and you can read it. What I, I say it this way, don't, don't limit yourself to just 15 minutes in the quiet moment of the day. Allow yourself... To, lit, to experience and breathe in and taste the Word of God at any point of your life, any point of your 24-hour period of day, wherever you're at. You might be, man, you might have had a hard, hard morning or at lunch. Why don't you take five minutes and step to the side and open it and just see what He says. The other day I was having a tough day, and I was reminded I had this scripture written in the front of my Bible, Psalm ninety four nineteen. It says, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul, O Lord. Hmm. That brought me a lot of comfort in that moment. Brought me a lot of peace. But guess what? I would not have known that had I not read that and written it down. I can implore you, admonish you, encourage you enough to find a rhythm that you can walk in and, and be content in that gets you in this word because you will never be disappointed. You will never be disappointed. There's so much else I could teach on this and say about this. I just... This is the the, the foundation. This is the bedrock of of believing, of being able to believe is is God's word. Jesus said it this way. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by that comes from the mouth of God. This is God's mouth to our ears. God's mouth to our heart. God's mouth to our life, God's mouth to our situation, God's mouth to our mind. Man doesn't live by every by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I don't say this in a way that tries to make anybody feel bad. I say it in a way to say, look, you want to get stronger, you want your faith to grow. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Say, man, I have little faith. God's word is what beefs it up. God's word is what beefs it up. I'm not talking to you from a person who's arrived or has the greatest faith in the world, because I don't. I just know, man, I just know the daily the daily thing and the weekly thing and the seasonal thing that gets me through life and helps me out is not, not by my own wit and wisdom, but man, it's this. It's this. It's this right here. Find a relationship with the word of God. Find A way to make that a part of your daily walk. And because we believe the Bible, it unlocks so much more relevant parts of what God wants to have for us, what He has to say to us. His word unlocks so much more relevant truth. A lot of people can say the Bible's not relevant, it is so relevant. It's just our ears don't always want to hear its relevancy. Tim, Paul told Timothy, "You will. There's going to be people who will just want to hear what they want to hear. I know that's not anybody here. I, I get that. I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. Nobody here. I'm losing all my bookmarks, so I don't know where I'm going to end up. Uh, I got to get. I got to get me some new ones. Uh, spread spread a few chains around to get some new stickers. Um, but um, I will use something to it. Drops dead. I tell you what." <laughs> If I'm going to buy it and invest in it, I'm going to use it till it can't work anymore. <laughs> um, where was I? The Bible. That's right. The Bible. I guess I will use that till the day I die. It won't let me down. It won't let me down. It won't let me down. Um, because we believe it, because we believe it, it unlocks so much more relevant truth. And that is where we believe this aspect and why we believe this part of the Bible that talks about the Trinity that describes the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit the statement is this we believe there is one God eternally existent in three persons, Father, Son Holy Spirit they are all three co-equal and co-eternal and we also have statements for the Son and other statements for the baptism and the Holy Spirit on our website for these ten doctrinal statements. And we're gonna, I'm gonna do my best to put all three of these in this category in the sense of being able for time. And three truths about each one. The Father. God the Father. Three truths about each one. God the Father, he loves us more than anyone. He loves us more than anyone. Look at 1 John 3 verse 1. He writes, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. And that is what we are. And the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. See how very much... Our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. God the Father loves us more than anyone. I think that's why Paul writes in several of his letters, parts of his prayer for his people who are listening and reading. He said, I pray that you would understand God's love, that you would experience it, that you would be able to embrace it. That you would have a life that, that receives His love. And that your life would begin to walk in His love. How deep it is. How high it is. How wide it is. How long it is. How high. All of those things. He tries to give some type of adjective to it. The, the, the greatness of God and the love that He has for us. It blows our mind. We have not fully experienced and understand all of God's love yet. We will when we step into that point of heaven. But as between now and then, man, we need to grasp. Paul's prayer is, man, may people know and may people understand and may they experience and may they walk in the love that God the Father has for each and every one. The truth about Him is He loves us more than anyone. Here's another truth. God the Father is more powerful than anyone. He is more powerful than anyone. John 10, verse 29. Jesus was quoted in saying, My Father has given them to me, speaking of... His sheep, those who follow Him and listen to His voice. He said, My Father has given them to me, and my Father is more powerful than anyone else. For no one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Just think about it. As much as we want to be there for our offspring, our children, and try to hold them and protect them and do what we can for them, as much as we in our hearts love them... God is infinitely more powerful than we are for our own towards us. He said, He is more powerful than anyone. He has the ability... He has the ability that when He locks a door, no one else can open it. He has the ability that when He opens a door no one else can close it. He has the ability that when He saves a soul, no one else can destroy it. He has the ability to hold on to His own, and no one can snatch them out of His hand. The Father is more powerful than anyone. And this is the third truth that I'll give today is this. The Father God, He... His truth is far above everyone. He is truth far above everyone. Look at, at Numbers twenty three nineteen. It was recorded in saying, "God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act?" Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And then in New Testament, John 15, verse 26, Jesus is recorded in saying, I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. So he will come to you from the Father, and he will testify all about me. The Spirit of truth, truth comes from the Father you and I can trust what God the Father says to us. We can trust Him. We can take Him at His word. We can hold fast to it. It'll be an anchor to our souls. It'll be an anchor for our life. It'll it'll create a steadiness and a steadfast step for each and every one of us to take in our life. You can trust Him. He loves us more than anyone. He's more powerful than anyone. And He is truth far above anyone. Anyone. So why do we get confused? Why do we waver? Why do we doubt? Which brings us to the second portion of this, the Son. you got to have Jesus or none of this works. None of this works. None of this works without Him. Selected Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, out of the Passion Translation that reads this. I feel like this really does a great job, Paul does, of summing up Christ. He says, and consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let, this, let His mindset become your motivation said, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seize equality with God. Can you hear me? Is it going? It's going in and out. Did I do something? We'll go to we'll go to number four. How about that? Okay. Maybe I'm electric. Boogie woogie woogie. I didn't know. I. Oh, man, am I going to die up here, Thomas? Okay. <laughs> Christ existed in the form of God. Y'all, are you all okay? You got a few more minutes? I didn't get this till like a little after 11. Is that okay? Okay. That's not anybody's fault. That's good. That's a good thing. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seize the equality of God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself, became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man, and he was obedient. He was perfect, a perfect example, even in his death. A criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence and everything... Everything and everyone will one day submit to His name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, catch that every language, Jesus Christ is Lord, bringing glory and honor to God His Father. Man, that just is, that's a mouthful. But take time to go back and read that Philippians two, five through eleven. Jesus was perfect at entering into our world. Jesus was perfect at entering into our world. If He was going to save humanity, then He had to become human because humanity needed someone who they could identify with. He came in perfectly, incarnate through the Virgin Mary. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He came straight from heaven into earth perfect, entering our world as a human. And human, humanity could identify with him. Second, Jesus was perfect at living in our world. Again, we're talking about belief. Why would you believe it? It's not some fairy tale. It's not just some, some Marvel hero, all right? He's not just some prophet that lived. Because none of those prophets got up out of their grave, dead dead and still dead. Jesus, the only one who was resurrected. Jesus, the only one who said, I'm going to die, but in three days, watch this. I'm going to come back to life. Booyah. Watch it. Mark it down. Read it and live. Sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, He was perfect at living in our world. In fact, He held true to His identity that the, He is the complete fullness of God, according to Colossians 2.9. And third truth is this, Jesus was perfect at leaving our world, as He did. Death, burial, resurrection, three days in, comes out, 40 days on the earth, spends with His disciples, reminded him of all sorts of good things, and then, boom, ascends to heaven. And the angel tells the disciples in the same way that he left, it's the way he will come back. In other words, watch out, be ready, he's coming again. He he entered our world perfectly, he lived in our world perfectly, and he left our world perfectly. As the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he redeems our life, he forgives us, he frees us, and it creates for us our home in heaven where we will live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, never a tear again, No more pain again. No more sorrow again. No more heartache again. No more lack again. No more anything again that's negative. All only positive, good, and perfect. Things that God has waiting for his children who call on the name of Jesus, who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, who live for Jesus, who give their life to Jesus, who serve Jesus, who continue to stay in step with Jesus. And in the end, those who, who endure to the end will be saved. The Son. You cannot know forgiveness without the blood of Christ. You cannot know wholeness without the broken body of Christ. You cannot know salvation without Jesus as Lord. You cannot know a whole new beginning of life. You cannot be completely changed without Jesus Christ in your life. You want a different life? Jesus. You want to be changed? Jesus. You want to truly live for the purpose for which you were created? Jesus. You want to be able to get through the sorrows and the difficulties of this world without those taking you down? Jesus. He loves me so much. Why did he let me go through this? Romans 8, 37 through 39. Talks about hardships and trials, tribulations and afflictions, all the above. And he says, despite all these things, we are overcomers more than conquerors. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Christ makes it possible to have victory in this life. Christ makes it possible to have a do-over after our mishaps. Christ makes it possible for us to have second chances, 99 chances, whatever it is. Christ makes it possible. You make your bed in hell, what's he say? I will come and be there. He loves you. He will chase you. He is ferocious in his love for you. He will, not, he will not sleep nor slumber in calling your name. He will not stop coming for you. That is Jesus. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his promise of second coming all tells us emphatically that he loves you, that he created you, that he has a plan for you, that he has a purpose for you. He didn't just come to save you just for us to sit on our chairs and look good on a Sunday morning. No, he did so much more than that. There is a good plan. There is a good purpose. There is something powerful that God wants to do with your life. Why do you think that? The devil can't stand it because God's gifts are perfect for each and every one of us. On. We get discouraged in the crap we face, absolutely. But the crap we face is only meant to make us stronger when Christ is the center. That we can go through it and we can get to the other side of it. And we can rise up and be victorious the way Jesus calls us to. Not by our might, not by our strength, but by his spirit and his spirit in us. Which brings me to my final point. You got time for the final one. If you leave, I'm just going to preach it to an empty place. And I'll walk out of here running and thankful. Not because you left, but because he promises he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. The Spirit. We're told to walk in the Spirit. We're told to live in the Spirit. We're told to be filled and baptized in the Spirit. What does that mean? What does that look like? Jesus gave the promise that the Spirit would come. John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus gave the reminder to wait that the Holy Spirit would soon come in Luke 24 at the very end and the very beginning of Acts chapter 1. And then you see the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the earth in fullness in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. And then throughout the New Testament, you see the role of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for Holy Spirit is paraclete. It means comforter. And the one who strengthens. Comforter. And the one who strengthens. Who helps us. So the Holy Spirit comforts us. And strengthens us. And helps us. And encourages us. And supports us in our faith in Christ. To live out this life. And there's three distinct truths that are showing themselves throughout the New Testament. The Holy Spirit gives us power. The word power in Acts 1 and Acts 2, where it says power, the Holy Spirit will come and give you power and do you with power. The Greek word is dunamis, spelled out. In, in, we get our English word, or we get it uh, dynamite. It's explosive. It's strong. It's greater than human strength, greater than human will. It's spirit power, supernatural power. It's strength and ability to overcome and to live boldly for Jesus. If we want to overcome some things in life, it's not by our strength. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability and the strength to overcome, and the boldness to live for Christ in this world. You also see the Holy Spirit giving gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 is one of the primary areas of the letters that you can read that talk about the nine various gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts are given to believers... in order to help one another. When we, and, in, and then in chapter 14, verse 1, Paul says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit, but especially that you may prophesy. Earnestly desire. So we're told to earnestly desire for the spiritual gifts. If you earnestly desire the Holy Spirit and the gifts He has to bring... Guess what will happen? He'll give them. He'll give them. And he gives the gifts, it says, in order for us to be able to help each other. The gift of faith, the gift of healing. There's the gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues the gift of discerning of spirits. I say this cautiously, but I feel like in the next couple of weeks, perhaps, we're going to have a time in, in our service where the gift of healing will flow. I'm not trying to set you up for failure or anything. I'm just telling you, I sense that. I don't know when, but I sense that coming soon. I want to see God heal you. I want to see God touch your life. I'm tired of seeing folks in our church and the list of prayer get longer of names because of physical ailments. I know it's part of the life and world we live in, but man, I want to see you free. I want to see you be be able to walk and not be in pain. I want to see you be able to get out of bed and it not take three hours to loosen up for the day. I want to see you to go home at night and lay down and be like, I don't hurt. Why? Because all of those things tend to have a huge impact on robbing us of enjoying this life God has created us for. Not just for self-enjoyment, but to be able to be be used by the Lord in this world. I have way overdone my time. And then there is fruit. By the way, Hawaii has some of the best pineapple. If you ever get it, taste it, it's good. Fruit. Here's the thing. Holy Spirit, live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not just one or the other. It's not just power and nothing else. It's not just gifts and nothing else. It's not just fruit and nothing else. It's all of it working and, and being a part of our life. Man, think about that. Every day, Lord, baptize me in your spirit today. producing me the power, the strength to overcome and be bold for you. Lord, flow in my life with your gifts. I don't know which one and I don't care which one. Just use me today. God, produce fruit in my life today because, Lord, you know I need to be kind. Lord, you know I need to be patient. God, you know I I need to be gentle. Lord, I need some joy. I need to be faithful where I'm at right now. Even though stuff's bothering me and I don't like with the season I'm in, I just need to be faithful where I'm at and with what you put in front of me. There's only so much sheer willpower that will make us get up and go and stay, but there's so much more Holy Spirit power that will help us live it out and see it to the end. Amen? Amen? Because Lord knows if it was up to our fleshly side of things, we'd all be in jail somewhere. We'd all be messed up. We'd have done ruined our lives. We'd all be turned, man. Jacked up. The Holy Spirit, God, I gotta quit. Y'all keep telling me it's okay. It's Jeremy's fault. He keeps telling me, go. Can you stand? I just want to encourage you. Sometimes you got to dust off and remind yourself what you believe and why you believe it. The Word of God, the Holy Bible, has been around and it's not going anywhere. It it is here. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, what do you believe? Do you believe in this stuff? Do you really believe in the power of the father? Do you really believe in the love of Christ? Do you really believe in the in the infilling and in the and in the, in the, in the just the baptism of the holy spirit for your life? Do you really be, I know there's probably been some crazy quirky stuff that's happened in, in the world of Christianity over time. There has been. But listen, don't get caught up over that. Search the truth. Seek the truth. Be open to the truth. All I know is, man, God's presence, God's spirit is real. I know that much. I I, I know I have a degree in theology, but there's a whole lot of stuff I don't know. But I know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are after me, love me, chase me, fill me walk with me, put up with me and still use me. I don't understand it, but I know this I can't run anywhere. I hide in the dark. He finds me. I run away from my calling. He calls me out. I try to quit. He says, here's the towel. Take it back. Take it back. You're not quitting today. You're not doing it today. All I know is when I mess up, He receives me. All I know is when I say the wrong thing, He gives me grace. I just know that Jesus loves me. He's real and all I Can tell you is this man if you want more of him and you really believe this then let's get to believing it even greater in the last days come on I worship you